0: You're listening to a Comics XF podcast. X-Men.
1: Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of uh, uh, um, this weekly X Men podcast, where we rank every story from A to Z.
0: Uh, I'm Adam,
1: and I'm the bad boy of X Men podcasting. hey Adam,
0: hey hey hey! Uh, I hope that uh, you are feeling, you know, both Canadian and cannibalistic this week. Neither. <laughs> <laughs> oh for two, my dude. I hope you are excited to talk about Alpha Flight.
1: I'm super not. <laughs> here's the thing. People, many people, many people have told me, oh, you should read Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight's great. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about Alpha Flight. You got John Byrne, and then Bill Mantlo, and then some guy named James Hudsnell that I've never heard of, I assume Canadian. Uh, mm. Then Fabes, then Scotty Lobbs, and then Simon Furman for some Interesting.
0: Simon Furman. I'd I'd be interested to see what that looks like.
1: I'm not a British or any sort of Transformers guy, uh, except (laughs) for, more than meets the eye, The Lost Light, as we all know, as I'm sure I brought up on this podcast. Mm. So I say that to say, if someone's trying to sell me on the merits of a 130-issue comic series with large, prominent runs by John Byrne and Bill Mantlo, Mm. like, I have to get through... Those first 67 issues before I get to a guy (laughs) that I don't even, like, know. And then Fabian Nicieza cashing a paycheck. Y'all are not selling me on this (laughs) book. Never mind. I will absolutely uh, read issues 29 to 31, and we can do it on the podcast because Mike Mignola drew it.
0: Didn't he just do the covers? I didn't think he did interiors. No, he
1: did interiors for three issues.
0: Oh, okay. All right. I'll read that. Might as well. It'll be uh, Bill yeah. Mantlo
1: comics, so it'll be bad, but. And likely stolen. <laughs> See, we're not allowed to say mean things about Bill Mantlo because of the unfortunateness, but he did yeah. definitely steal that comic from Barry Windsor Smith. Oh. And it wasn't no. the first time because, no. you know, what. Oh, shoot. What's his name? What's his name? Uh, Harlan Ellison. Mm-hmm. You heard about the Harlan Ellison thing where Harlan Ellison had to, like, get a copy yeah. of literally everything Marvel. That's because Bill Mantlo stole one of his comics.
0: Right. Yeah. No, he Barry, did it multiple times. That was like a shtick for him. Uh, he was like, "Did it ordinary. matter? Did it matter that I plagiarized? Uh, like, who cares? Yes! Comics? Yes, William. It did. <laughs> Funny books for the children. Uh...
1: <laughs> hey, is it weird so, that I immediately say yes? I will read the Mike Mignola drawn issues, but not the like the twelve issue run that Jim Lee did again. Like that's a non starter for me."
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's just the reason we are talking about Alpha Flight this week is not because this is an Alpha Flight themed episode. It is not. Uh, it's it's not, just, not
1: an Alpha Flight themed
0: episode. It's just that Alpha Flight pops up in two of these stories because we are talking about the uh, the monster of the north, the Wendigo. Wendigo. So, so Wendigo is interesting for me
1: because I always grew up. With like, oh, Wendigo, that thing that Wolverine fought that one time. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know Wendigo from those weird stories in Canada that Chris Claremont wrote a couple of the times. Turns <laughs> out, you'll notice that Chris Claremont does not use Wendigo again. John Byrne uses Wendigo. <laughs> what, you know, what, I, what you learn, you know, as you grow and change as people is that Wendigo is actually a Algonquin uh, First Peoples tradition from pre-colonial times that really was strongly coded with greed, famine, starvation. And wouldn't you know it, during the post-colonial times, it often got applied to other white people who were very greedy.
0: Hmm. I mean, so it's an interesting... Storied history.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting thing to approach. And I am not at all... The most qualified person to talk about the history of Wendigos, but I question. just want to say it's there's a lot more to it than this cannibal monster that we're going to be describing. But <laughs> I can't I can't stop what comics came out fifty years ago. I can just say that this is what they are.
0: Yeah. So why are we talking about you know Mr. Albino Bigfoot of the North uh, this week? We do have a Patreon request, correct? Yeah, because this is a Patreon request from Robert.
1: Robert went over to patreon.com slash battle the Adam deep down into his hearts and his pocketbooks. And uh, tossed a couple of coins into our coffers. Robert, let's toss, I'll, I'll just be honest, more than a couple of coins in our coffers in his time, and we greatly appreciate that. And Robert also always gives the best suggestions of what's this old Claremont comic you haven't covered yet. And then how can you make it not about other old Claremont comics that I would rather you talk about?
0: And he's tolerated this so much. Hey, you know, this, uh, just to open the door for some really fun opportunities. So we are we do talking have another
1: old comic in here. We like,
0: do. That is we true. Sure
1: we put an Old one in here.
0: Respect to the robber, right? Um, but he requested uncanny X. Oh, if you want to be like
1: Robert, if you want to be like Robert, oh, you're sorry. out of time because we got rid of that tier years ago. But if you'd want to get a request, uh you can go over to the website I said earlier, the Patreon one, and toss yep. a couple of coins into our coffee. I already did the bit. I'm sorry, Adam. I already did the bit.
0: <laughs> you can always do it twice. It doesn't matter. We're plugging um,
1: we're plugging the Patreon right now, folks. The line is extant. extant yeah it's short though
0: get in there get you get your five bucks in there and uh get your fun request in make us talk about something fun and and or stupid or whatever pick it pick a weird here's what i'd ask someone
1: pick a weird old comic Mm -hmm. and then say go to town someone be like the guy who requested man thing and we were like can we find two other man thing comics challenge. And the us. answer is of course we could find 4 and we had yeah. to narrow them down.
0: We were we made it work. We made it work. This one was a lot with
1: easier. That, this one was a lot easier because for some reason
0: folks keep doing Alpha Flight and Or Wendigo. So this is Uncanny X-Men 139 140. Um this is the two issue arc that takes place before John burns final uh stab at Uncanny X-Men with Days of Future Past. And this is a a real nice little side quest. You know, we start with 139, which uh, has a, you know, great opening danger room sequence. Angel is kind of screwing things up. Nightcrawler almost dies. This is in
1: the hot, like, five-issue segment in the hottest part of Claremont's run, where Angel's just like, I'm on the team again,
0: guys. (laughs) Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. He tries
1: to... Claremont tries to get a feud going between... Angel and Wolverine, and he keeps trying, and it it never works. Because here's the thing: Angel is trying to get heat on Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And Wolverine's the most popular and famous person, especially like right now.
0: It's true. It's true. And this is prime Wolverine storytelling in these two issues. Um, it's basically him and Nightcrawler's show for these two issues, because uh not only is Nightcrawler going to show up in the Danger Room with a nice platter of lemonade for everybody? But he's also bringing Wolverine a beer, so we're getting some great. Nightcrawler is nice. the best dude, right? Yeah, he's. That's the thing. Great moments throughout here. Um, so before yell we get it, into yell Anna, the... yell it,
1: Pause. Yell it in the the room. Just say we're talking about how great Nightcrawler is. No, you don't. Oh, have she do knows.
0: That. Yeah, she knows. She knows, I, she knows what we're talking about. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, you know I'm, that I'm, I I wrote shot. a. Uh, an academic essay about these issues right i was like no i didn't know that (laughs) she
1: she could have she could have sent us the abstract i I, we could have read okay
0: i just found this out like a half hour
1: the episode could have just been us like her defending her dissertation on these issues
0: (laughs) so before uh we get into the canadian uh at Wendigo adventure, we do get a nice little vignette where Kitty Pride is introduced to Stevie Hunter via uh, Storm, who then is a little, Great. a little jealous that Stevie Hunter is like having a nice relationship with this girl who she's developing like a maternal relationship with. So okay, but she, who
1: she's also like met three times before. Yeah, this.
0: that too, right? Yeah. So anyway, Wolverine's like, Yeah, I le- well- I left Department H and need to check it out. I should probably go up there and I should probably
1: I should probably make sure they they're like done manhunting me like, yo, you know, I you know, I quit. You sent a dude after me for a little bit. Like, are we cool now, guys? (laughs) Also, great thing in this that I keep forgetting is that before John Byrne leaves the book, Mm -hmm. which happens in the next few issues, he does give Wolverine his best clothes. Oh, yeah. To which Kurt's like, hey, Wolverine, I've been meaning to ask, why the new costume? And Wolverine just says, why not? Yeah. It's great. It's like, perfect. I look better now. It's so good, and I love it. And then we have to get to Alpha Flight.
0: We do, and I appreciate that uh, the way that Wolverine decides to bring himself back into, uh, you know, his best friend's life is to break into their house and just steal some beer. (laughs) Listen, I struggle to
1: read Wolverine's relationship with James and Heather Hudson as a fully platonic relationship. And I'm sure not normally one to do that. Yeah. He's, that he he like. feels like he feels like he's their third. And he's
0: throttle material for, for sure.
1: I he seems happy with the situation. He just wants everyone to be chill and stop trying to murder him. <laughs>
0: So shortly after this, we are reunited with uh, several other Alpha Flight members. Um, We have Snowbird, who I was asked by friend of the show, uh, my one and only Anna, to share that Snowbird was based on a Canadian superhero named Nelvana who had similar shape-shifting powers. And that is the only Alpha Flight super fact that I am bringing to this episode. I will one-up you on this. And that
1: your super fact, not one-up, but I will compliment your super fact because my super fact, my super fact ties into your super fact.
0: Oh, which is? This
1: aligns with what John Byrne has publicly stated. By the way, this is Chris about John Byrne. I, y'all know, like, The issues that are clear about Byrne, this is one of them. Sorry. Classic X-Men. Nope, that's a different series. John Bolton did most of the drawing. Actually, I take that back. John Byrne is credited on many classic X-Men books. Just not the parts I... As I I said it, I heard it.
0: It's just the classic X-Men
1: parts are not in this one.
0: Give me the fun Uh, fact.
1: The fun fact is that John Byrne, when he was creating Alpha Flight, uh, described two of the characters as fan characters, which were things he drew as a teenager and he wanted to put in a book. Yes. I have heard those. This. two were Guardian mm-hmm. and Snowbird. Yes. yes. So because all... I get the feeling that he just watched whatever that cartoon was, mm-hmm. that Novia, and he was like, oh yeah, I could file the edges <laughs> off of this one.
0: Yeah, apparently there is a storied uh, comic book history of Novana. Um, Novana, excuse Canada. me. And I also learned that while John Byrne is not Canadian, um, he did spend... Yes, he is. He's not. Well, uh,
1: but okay. he did no, he's English by birth, right?
0: His youth through college uh, in Canada. So that is the like a big chunk of his like growing up is Canada. So that's why yeah. he has this link to these Alpha Flight characters. Hey, wait,
1: was Captain Canada before or after Alpha Flight... I have no idea. No, 1979. So would have been... That's before. Well, before Alpha Flight, but I don't know if it would have been before... I don't know if it would have been before... uh, What's his name? Before Guardian shows up. Oh, gotcha. Though Captain Canuck would have. So, oh, and yeah. So John Byrne literally just ripped off two Canadian superheroes, and that's his big... Y'all keep telling me Alpha Flight's good. Because the rest of his characters are the French twins. Yep. Uh, who, let's the say, Bobiares. problematic. They There are there are some challenges with their portrayal. Sure. Also, they're French. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: <laughs> French-Canadian.
1: Then you've got... I assume that our French listeners will be very upset that I referred to French-Canadians <laughs> as French. And I assume our Quebec <laughs> listeners are out smoking a cigarette. I don't know what they're <laughs> doing. Uh, the rest of his... Our French listeners are also smoking a cigarette, but they're doing it fancier. Uh, the rest of our, the rest of Alpha Flight is just a native mystic man Mm -hmm. in a Sasquatch. Pretty much. You, you, that's, that's his great creative thing. Also, Puck. Puck's the best. I can't say anything bad about Puck. I can say a lot bad about... Puck sucks. I kind of like, I love Puck. I kind of love Puck. He's
0: just this little dirt bag, uh...
1: Yeah, like, you're describing why I love him. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> you just wait, look at this weird little dirt bag. Yes, that's my son. All right,
0: so we've we spent about way too much time talking about this team that we don't like. Um, I no, do want to mention, <laughs> mention a sequence that's in 139 that I really like, which is that when Snowbird comes in to introduce herself, she is a polar bear, and it is one of the Seldom times that you actually see a superhero scared, and Nightcrawler is does a full on Scooby Doo onto Wolverine as Shaggy. Uh, <laughs> it's at, a great I'm cartoon looking his,
1: I'm looking at his face in this panel right now because I got to yeah. stand so I can look at my comics. While yep, I, yep. I'm so happy about that for this podcast. Love it. Uh, he's got a wild face. His hair straight up, it's like great. he's got. He's got Kramer hair, like I just Kramer really from the Seinfeld.
0: Because you never see a superhero scared, and it's so much fun.
1: Nightcrawler, incredibly cute in this comic. Like, just in a, oh, I love him.
0: Yeah, he's going so through some away. stuff, too, because, you know, there's this great uh, Claremont dialogue-filled thought bubble panel of Claremont going out to the car and staring out into the sunset and mourning Jean. Yeah. Um, you know.
1: This is right after Dark Phoenix, so yes. Nightcrawler, not Chris Claremont, but also Chris Claremont a little bit, is sad about Gene.
0: We're also getting John Byrne's um, artistic recreation of Wolverine's first appearance, which we will talk about later in this episode. But Spoiler then, alert. We got to talk about the Wendigo. So Nightcrawler. Wendigo! Wendigo shows up on the scene. From the video game. We all
1: know it. We all know that that's what the Wendigo does in the video game. <laughs> The one that we stole our music from.
0: So we start one forty with the panel that made John Byrne leave the X Men, right? Because of the So the, funny. The conflict about uh Colossus taking this this stump out of the ground, which just So
1: so for folks who don't know, it's one hundred forty uh at this point. Uh this is one thirty nine, one forty, that's the story we're doing. Uh John Byrne on this is credited with plot and pencils, which makes right. sense. He wanted to do an Alpha Flight one and Chris was like, Great, yeah, we can do that. I'd we're doing my my big Terminator story next, mm-hmm. so he gets this he gets this panel, and Byrne, shocking no one, was getting a little territorial of this comic that he felt like he put on the map, which is weird because I've seen contemporaneous documents about how fans were really upset that Dave Cockrum was leaving this book, mm. and that John Byrne was the new guy, which is curious. Sure. To me, it just it makes me think rethink John Byrne. Also, the rest of his career vis a vis the rest of Claremont's career. And look, we say a lot of trash about Christopher Claremont on this podcast. A man who I have a lot of feelings about. I would take a hundred issues of modern day Claremont versus like three issues of modern day John Byrne. Not oh, even
0: close. Please, may we never see another John Byrne thing for the rest of my life. Uh, it's okay. This, At
1: some point, here's... He, actually, no, I'm going to say this, and then if and when we get it wrong on this podcast, uh, we someone can correct me, I have no interest in ranking John Byrne's Elsewhere in comics on this show. Like, oh, I please. just don't want to do
0: that. Ugh, no. For people who don't know and need to be regularly <laughs> reminded that John Byrne is just a terrible person... Um, I've had to
1: be that person from time to time to be regularly yeah. Really reminded.
0: Yeah. So if you don't know, now you know. And if you need more specifics, just, just hit me up on Twitter. I'll I'll give you the dirt. It's it's gross. Um. So anyway, there's this thing with Colossus uh, pulling us up out of the ground, and somehow the difference between Burns' idea of this scene and Claremont's dialogue just really rankled Byrne to no end. He was like, "I'm out."
1: In Byrne's idea of this scene, Colossus is very simply and easily ripping a stump out of the ground. Colossus does not, he's in his metal form, but he does not look like that he is exerting a huge amount of force. He is smiling no. while he does this. Chris Claremont's dialogue has him say, By linen, on my heart will bust and my steel body crack,
0: or I will <laughs> pull
1: a- you free!
0: It's called a duel with an old, withered stump tree stump. Uh, it's just amusing to me that this is the thing that, that really got on everybody's nerves. Um, it's it's so stupid.
1: unfortunate that John Byrne is pretty much hundred percent in the right on this specific this specific one page. I'm gonna I'm gonna say actually, Chris. Just like, can we match the dialogue to the art here a little bit? <laughs> He's John. John's right on that page.
0: All right. So it wasn't just Colossus in the log. You know, we know that John Byrne and Claremont were butting heads on other things like Kitty Pride and uh, the way that Claremont was characterizing her as a child genius in issues like this.
1: He didn't like, in general, what he had to deal with, with his artistic choices being so significantly challenged in Dark Phoenix.
0: Right. Right. So there was, you know, there was like a battling of creative minds here, uh, which, you know, it just happens with between a writer and artist when they have different ideas. So that's okay.
1: Never once in the history of comics.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. It's like it's not a new story. Right. So um, the bulk of the second issue is uh, fighting with the Wendigo. The Wendigo is um, has taken a mother and child captive, and is hiding them for future meals in a cave. And we get some great nightcrawler stuff here with him porting around and great acrobatic leaps around the Wendigo. And of course, now as this fight continues, we get the rest of Alpha Flight and Wolverine involved.
1: Alpha Flight shows up, and they're they are they are Canada's premier superhero team, and take that as you will. <laughs> Apologies yeah. to Emma
0: But it's it's uh, Wolverine Really is the one that, that And Nightcrawler that have to take uh, the when to go Out you know it, it really doesn't seem Like Alpha Flight has much to offer here And it, of course it's a, a rematch Of Wolverine's first appearance So you know you're supposed to have Read that and get some sort of nostalgia Kick at it and if you didn't read it you got the Recap of it in the previous issue And uh, it really You know it looks like it's going to be Wolverine and Nightcrawler but it's really Snowbird that takes out the Wendigo by transforming into, like, what is it? An actual Wolverine. A
1: very large Wolverine. A wolf-sized Wolverine.
0: (laughs) Jeff Loeb, get a load of this. I was thinking the same
1: thing. (laughs) Okay, so, like, here's the thing, though. John Byrne super did not know how to draw a Wolverine because he hides the Wolverine face in shadow the whole time. He's like, I don't I don't have reference for this. <laughs> I don't know what this looks like. I'm am I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm gonna use some chiaroscuro shading and mm-hmm. some contrast to it's be like. Gonna be great. I don't know how Wolverines work. Yeah. I actually I appreciate that as well.
0: Uh, shaman then I, turns the one to go back into a dude, and they arrest him.
1: <laughs> okay, hold on, because here's the thing about this specific dude uh george baptiste yes of all the wendigos who are cannibals which are most of them this is one who's not this is no. one who wanted to be a cannibal as a wendigo but as a as a dude he was the most selfless wendigo cuz he was like i will take this curse from my best friend
0: yeah it's still the same wendigo from incredible one got well-
1: isn't it? No, it is. We'll get we'll get to it when we cover it. But it is the same curse, but in a Christ-like manner, transferred from that Wendigo to George
0: Baptiste. Right. Yeah, but it is still the the. Okay, we'll get to it. Later. Okay, but where do I, laws, I think we're in agreement? No,
1: because he's getting arrested here. Where do Wendigo laws start? Do you are you responsible <laughs> for the Wendigo curse that you have taken on?
0: Really for someone else's that question, right? Like, I got if a lot look, of Wendigo law questions. Yeah, like if this guy was Wendigo and ate a guy, which I believe he did eat a guy. But uh, that was
1: that. That Wendigo spirit did. That's how he became the Wendigo. Is he did a cannibalism?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can't do.
1: But not like, on Canadian if you're not,
0: the, if you're not the Wendigo anymore, and you didn't eat a person to become the Wendigo, like this is a special case. This is why She-Hulk stays in business. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and there's I'm actually some a, a little here. shocked
1: that, that Dan Slott did not bring that into his uh, She-Hulk series. This seems like a case he would take on.
0: Oh, absolutely. It'd be really fun. Um, so they're, they're basically promising at the end of this issue that there's going to be an Alpha Flight series. You know, it, it says... The ending of sorts, yet also the beginning of a new, possibly brighter chapter in the life of Alpha Flight. And you are like, okay, well, they're they're priming this for a series. And I'm like, I am that's Justin
1: Trudeau's dad, right? Like he's talking to Justin Trudeau's dad in
0: this. I believe so. Yes, yes. There is also reference to Hudson Bay here, like lots of Canada stuff here. But uh, is is man Alpha, is Alpha everyone Flight? Everyone forgets cool? that
1: Justin Trudeau's a nepo baby.
0: Oh, totally nepo baby. Absolutely. Well, because we're dumb Americans, we don't know that yeah yep so i think we have spent enough time analyzing these two issues and we should probably try and rank them on our big old list
1: that's the thing about our podcast and thank you for bringing it up adam because it's so important to you and i know it's important to me as well is that we do have what we like to refer to as a big old list it's a list where we are ranking every x-men comic from best to worst
0: Mm -hmm. uh
1: we're, we're on the road again. We can't wait to get back out on the road again. The what's his name's book, The Road. I forget. I was going to make a Cormac joke McCarthy?
0: about
1: Cormac McCarthy. Uh, I learned after I listened to the audio book of that, that Cormac McCarthy doesn't use uh, quotation marks. And I got so mad about that concept that I refuse to read one of his books anymore.
0: Oh, yeah. Doesn't he just use dashes? I forget. No, it's been he, a just, like, he just like,
1: he just like. He just, likes assumes hits you the, know when someone's... The,
0: yeah, he hits the return button. <laughs> it's just like, yeah.
1: Insane choice, Cormac McCarthy. Rest in peace. The road was great. No one's saying you're a bad writer. I'm just saying, dear God, I don't care about your artistic integrity. Use quotation marks. Use a single quote like you're an old French person if you want, <laughs> but use quotation marks. I'm trying to read here.
0: Oh, poor uh,
1: Zach. On... Much like the much like the, uh, the father and the child on the road, I am beset upon by many trials and tribulations. And those trials and tribulations are Cormac McCarthy's poor use of pronunciation.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Or grammar yeah, marks, you know, excuse me. If, we're, if we are talking about cannibals this week, so the road fits right in. Uh, the
1: road bit. does have a non-zero amount of cannibal content, yeah. but that's not the road that we're on. No. We're on the road to 900. <laughs>
0: yeah, there we go. You got there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, 876 <laughs> stories on this list. Uh, number one being The House of X Powers of 10. Uh, number 200 being Uncanny X Men 122, Cry for the Children. Number 400 being Happenings in Vegas from X Factor. Number 600 being X 23 Dacken Collision. Number 800 being What If Astonishing X Men in the Worst X Men Comic of All Time 876 is twenty ninety-nine. Word of Tomorrow. This is nice. fine. I I like, this this is lesser Claremont. No, I don't want to say lesser Claremont. I think it's lesser Claremont burn.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely got those like really good Wolverine and nightcrawler character moments in it that I think it does. Right. But there is too much alpha flight. So it's not, yeah, I would say it's not that far off of a two fifteen. We have the Savage land arc, you know, where they're just sort of wandering through you know the savage land for several issues <laughs> like yeah, but that one also yeah. has uh, you have to understand
1: adam and this is so important to me you know that scene in the savage land one uh where uh garok and uh what's his name uh cyclops are doing a laser off
0: oh yeah that's fun
1: that's that scene was in the dk uh guide to the x-men so i assumed it was an incredibly important moment in x-men continuity my whole life
0: yeah
1: you the petrified man excuse me yes him <laughs> full titles appropriate you bring up the wanted wolverine dead or alive uh which is the first appearance of the alpha flight
0: but it has less alpha flight you know it's and it's it does not... have the
1: Calvary stampede
0: yeah i think that one's better
1: that one is better that's the thing that's at 199 right now
0: yeah but I I think we're in the right realm. I mean, this is still like classic Byrne Claremont, uncanny. Like th- this is good stuff. It's lots of great character moments. I have I uh, have a
1: different John Byrne comic highlighted.
0: <laughs> oh God! Uh, okay.
1: X Men four to seven, the Omega Red story, aka the story that Jim Lee was so excited to tell John Byrne that he changed Wolverine's costume back to his classic one because John Byrne loves the classics. And then John Byrne got mad at this punk kid who changed the costume that he gave Wolverine. (laughs) A thing I find incredibly funny.
0: What number is that at on our list?
1: That's at 226. (laughs) I think the Omega Red story is better.
0: I don't think the Omega Red story is better than this. I think that that's like classic visually, but I do think that we are in the right realm. I think we are in between 215 to 226. Like we are somewhere in here.
1: 215. Now I want to correct you as a friend and a co-host. 215 Mm. is not the one with uh, Garrick the Petrified Man. That's the time they went to the Savage Land and Rogue was in that bikini. And oh, there was right. also some Shiar uh, stuff.
0: Happening. Okay, yeah, that's two fifteen. Yeah. I I think that's probably better than this
1: though. I, I mean, I, we're in the same spot, but I wanted you to have the sit right. Yeah,
0: I'm sorry. Got that. Got that wrong. You're,
1: my bad. You know what? Live and learn, Adam. Live and learn. <laughs> I'm gonna say at two twenty one is that Ark in Wolverine in the X Men where uh, Kitty Pride gets pregnant by the Brood, oh, and then better. also. Yes, but then also Wolverine and Quentin Quiet do a heist,
0: which is nah. fun. I know it is, but that that is I'm, those are issues saying, are not as good as this.
1: No, I just wanted to. I just wanted to be like, it's not just the weird fetish art. There's other stuff in that comic.
0: Oh yeah, uh, yeah, but it's not. It's not as much of the comic as we remembered when we reread it. You know, it's not. It's no. not. I think we're more on par with two nineteen, which is the Magic versus Forge stuff in New Mutants.
1: I would. I'm going to let you decide if it's above or below that because I'm fine with either spot. I would put it below, but I know you like this a bit better than I do. I don't think this is better than Uncanny ninety seven. My brother, my enemy, which has the screen and then the other screen and then the third screen.
0: Yeah, I th- I'm. I'm thinking this should be our new 219. I think this should fit in between Uncanny 97 and New Mutants 65 to 66. Great. That's a great spot for it.
1: This is a I'm fun story. Spent,
0: with too much. I'm glad Alpha we Flight. spent
1: a half hour yelling about Alpha Flight <laughs> and John Byrne.
0: Hey oh, man! What are we
1: do next, Adam? Is
0: All it, right. So, is it more wanna,
1: Wendigos?
0: We oh so many more Wendigos, pal. We are gonna fast forward th- uh, through. Through. To Amazing X-Men 8 to 12 uh, with a little story called World War Wendigo. Um, Amazing X-Men was, of course, Jason Aaron's next book after Wolverine and the X-Men before he left to do Thor stuff. Um, No, he was already
1: doing Thor at the time. I forget what he left to do.
0: But didn't he leave to, like, focus on that? Like, he really only did a couple issues. I think he did what? He did six issues.
1: he did six issues and he left in between what was supposed to be a two-part story that never really got resolved. And it doesn't matter because Azazel got in now.
0: Yeah. Very strange. Very strange. It um, was very strange. Uh, so we have... He did Doctor
1: Strange right after this. Oh,
0: no, right.
1: He, I forget all... Is that he it? It.
0: Oh, wait. Original Sin. Original Sin. He oh, had to do Original Sin. that's what it was. He had to go tell his eyeball story. Eyeball head story. Listen,
1: I got a weird... I got a weird amount of affection for Original Sin, even though I know it's not good.
0: It has some highlights. It's pretty terrible in general, but it it shoots its shots. So this is not Jason Aaron. Um, this is Craig Kyle and Chris Yost. Uh, Chris Yost. I was forgetting, blanking on Yost's name. Um, art here is a mix of artists here. Who do we have on?
1: Ed art McGinnis team? is on the first issue, but.
0: He's only sticks around for one issue though.
1: It's it's, it's rushed. That is it first Carlos issue Barbieri? was rushed. Barbieri and uh Ivan Coela. That's who it is. Uh, okay. do do the rest of it. They kind of trade pages and they're close enough in style. That's yeah. fine. But I'll tell you, like it feels like McGinnis was contracted for six issues. Uh-huh. And they did this this one. And I'm gonna be honest, not his best work. This this no. first issue of it it feels like he's getting through it. Sure. Obviously they had to adjust all this stuff happened. I get it, but
0: it's just okay. Um, however, I will say that this is one of the most bananas pitches for a story arc that I've, I've heard in a while. I remember when this came out and I was like, what a great, funny idea for a Wendigo story. And I remember, uh, you know, messaging you in the Slack. And I was like, maybe this story rules. And then I got about halfway through it and I was like, Oh wait, no, no, but I'll tell you yeah, what I
1: told you. It, I told you it didn't. I told yeah. you it I was like, Adam, we're going to, we're going to talk.
0: I hadn't <laughs> read it. You I hadn't read it in a while. And I was focused on how the, the first half of this story has some great stuff. So, the premise of World War Wendigo, as you know, listeners... Great
1: title, by the way. Best part of the comic is the title. You know, World be, War IV, we loved it. World War Wendigo, still in.
0: It's great. Great alliteration. To become a Wendigo, you have to consume human flesh, right? On and Canadian to, soil. On Canadian soil. and Which just, we
1: know is an ancient mystical thing because the borders of Canada and the US have always and forever been there. Of
0: course. Of course. Right since the since time gods. immemorial, yes. Which since will the come great play. beasts. <laughs> um, so Shall this I'm story sorry. begins with Dummy. a meat processing plant, and in that meat processing plant, um, a guy gets into an argument with a coworker, accidentally kills him, and decides to hide the evidence. Apparently, there's no security cameras in this meat processing plant by this putting it through plant no putting him through a meat grinder um so that meat from this plant goes out across the area and starts infecting people so that they become Wendigos
1: great pitch love it liked it better when it was the scroll kill crew with
0: oh right
1: nearly the exact same plot
0: yeah like yep. the,
1: the same inciting incident of in that case the you remember that scrolls that just turned into cows in Fantastic 2? Yep. Well they were they, they were they were meat cows, they got turned into burgers and then people got scroll powers from those Amazing. burgers. Amazing. Very funny idea. They do wholesale steal it for this. And you know big old nerds, Craig Kyle and Chris Yost know about scroll kill crew.
0: <laughs> I really enjoy the first couple issues of this because the threat of multiple Wendigos is a huge problem. Even taking down one Wendigo is a huge problem for multiple superheroes. So the fact that there are now not only like a dozen of them, but we're told that there is a threat of not only hundreds but potentially thousands of Wendigo going around and just eating everybody. It is insane the stakes that this story sets up. I like the high concept.
1: What I don't like about the start of this story and actually a lot of the way through it is how cheeky Craig Kyle and Chris Yost are in this. Oh, like you don't like that? Okay, it's not landing for me specifically because like their humor is, "Hey man, don't the I thought you were dead. I'm not dead anymore. Man, the X Men come back from the dead a lot. That's weird. Isn't that <laughs> funny, reader? Reader, isn't that funny? And I'm like, tell me a joke or don't.
0: You know what? Don't that just
1: reads? don't just point to this thing. We all know.
0: Hold on, you know what that reads to me though? That really does read to me as Craig and Yost trying to match Jason Aaron's style, like of of like Jason Aaron trying to tell a joke. Tell I me mean, I'm listen, wrong. You're, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's like a Wolverine in the even X-Men a little of it. Thing,
1: Right? It that's a that's a Jason Aaron thing. Right? I also don't like that when Jason that Aaron's. That is doing the it.
0: tone of the book that Jason Aaron had set up, and I feel like they're trying to match that.
1: So here's the difference, and this is this is a thing for these, this entire uh, issue, and in fact, into the end of this run, I feel mm-hmm. kind of similar. Say what you will about the quest for Nightcrawler. I think it's a flawed story because it's about Azazel, a character who has negative good appearances. Mm. Steve Fox did his best to bring it up to positives, but, you know, you can only Still go sucks. so far, Steve. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve, we'll talk about we'll talk about Dark X Men at one point, and you're going to get so many points for giving Maggot a beard and his own boat <laughs> and a boat. <laughs> you have no idea how much I appreciate that. It's still a comic with a zazel in it, and that's got to dock you, man. I'm sorry, uh, but uh, Amazing X Men uh, is a comic that has like that story had emotional stakes. It was bringing Nightcrawler back. It was doing something. There is like that. There is that like fist pumping moment where nightcrawler gets reformed from all the Banff maggots and he's like back it's gross Mm -hmm. but you like get a little bit of oh yeah the boy's back right who learns changes or grows in this entire story like i don't this doesn't feel like it's a a a narrative it feels like it's a sequence of fight scenes and that's a challenge for me
0: absolutely so this this particular arc is a joke right that is played for you know, to try and stretch it out as fast, as, as wild as it can. And there are things that work, right? Like the joke about trying to push as many Wendigos across the American, uh, Canada border so that they immediately turn back into people and that it's an immigration crisis at the border. That's pretty great. What doesn't That's work? A this better is-
1: joke than it really should be.
0: Yeah. The the reason that this story does not work is that we don't just try and push all the Wendigos across the border, right? What we do instead is we have to connect with the mystical gods of Canada. And not only do we have to battle the, like, god of the Wendigos, right, who's like... Um, I
1: forget his name. Which one is it? Is that Tarak?
0: Sure. I don't know. No,
1: it... No, there's... Yeah, it's... Oh, no, it's... Tanarok, the conqueror of beasts. Thank you.
0: So stupid. Um, but not only John Bird
1: creation, baby.
0: That the the gods of the north here need to be contacted, but the X-Men themselves need to be turned into gods. And I'm I'm reading this going, We got Storm here, we got Iceman here, we got Omega level mutants here who could Definitely not need to be transformed into some sort of god alongside with Firestar and somebody else. So I'm like. Literally on. earlier in this
1: run, like two issues ago, Iceman froze hell. Yeah. So come it on. is weird for him and Storm specifically to be talking to. The great beasts, like Tolmach, the fire beast, and Tundra, the land beast, and all of other John Burns bad ideas that, yeah. again, he put it to Alpha Flight. And now we have to bring back, which, by the way, for someone who reads X-Men, this is a wild sort of like, and now we're in this dimension with all of these weird gods. And I'm like, no, thank you. This isn't an X-Men thing. No, no. amount of arguing that, that Alpha Flight's an X-Men thing will make me read Alpha Flight 24. It's nope. not going to happen.
0: Yeah, uh, so- the fact that that happens, and and that it's a Captain Planet deal, because you have, you know, they're each one of the elements, right? Because Rock Slide is the fourth one. It's like... Oh.
1: oh, yeah. I forgot. Rock Slide's in this because Kyle and Yost love him.
0: Uh, and, and they do... There are some fun character stuff in here, right? Like, there's a lot of good North Star stuff in here. There's some fun... There's some fun rock slide stuff in here, but I think the other thing that this lacks is that by this point in the book, Nightcrawler isn't even the leader of the book that he's headlining. It doesn't make sense. Storm is the leader of this team. And, you know, by the time we get to the end and it's like, great, you know, we've, we've, we've become gods and we've defeated the Wendigo. It's like, I just didn't care. Which
1: we're, listen, we're saying the X-Men turn into gods. You would think that sounds cool, like you can it's see they get, they get slightly different looking ice, fire, lightning, and rock powers.
0: That's yeah. it. Yeah, they're and slightly then, larger, I guess.
1: <laughs> and then uh, like Guardian explodes out of the Tarnak, the whatever, Conqueror Beast. Yeah, because
0: the god ate him earlier, so great.
1: So it's like Okay, great. It just, it ends. Oh, Wolverine's been a go this whole time, by the way, because he lost his healing factor. It doesn't matter. It's more annoying than anything else.
0: Yeah, it's not interesting at all. You know, I think the the biggest mystery for me in this is how much body glue it took for Talisman to keep that costume on. Um because it really didn't. Talisman like is wearing her.
1: a crisp bachelor looking shirt.
0: <laughs> and then they have to take her to the ER in there because Wolverine stabs her. It's like come stabs on, stabs her right outfit. in
1: right in the gut.
0: That's da- that outfit's not staying on. Um let's rank this. This is not good. <sighs> do we have to? This one's this one's bad, actually. Yeah, this is a I bad wanted this comic. one to be fun and it, it, it wasn't.
1: I it, I wanted it, it to be more me.
0: fun than it was. Yeah, because uh, it has like some fun stuff in it, but it it's just it let me down.
1: The fact that you push people over the U.S. Canada border and they stop being Wendigos,
0: it's pretty great.
1: It it's dumb if you think about it for two seconds, but it's really funny otherwise.
0: <laughs> That's the problem
1: I have with this. It feels like they were like, "What's the first idea? Best idea?" Yeah, immediately, yep. and instead of like setting up emotional stakes. Or doing any of that stuff, they were like, "How can we? How can we spend more time perfecting the script on Thor: in The Dark World?"
0: Mm. Which so is this a, one of them wrote? This is a six hundred story.
1: Where do we have other? Uh, well, I don't think we, we have one other amazing. We have the story right after this. Thirteen mm-hmm. uh, is on the list uh, at. Oh, that's at four oh three because it's not what you want it to be. And it's unfortunate that that's the only thing James Denny and the fourth ever wrote on X-Men and ever likely will write on X-Men. Mm. Because there's not a lot of folks that'd be like, I want to read their X-Men. I would I would read JTIV's X-Men. It would get weird. Sure, and man. it would have great production values.
0: Good let's do it. He's I mean, that'll never happen now, but
1: um. It won't. He's got he's got all that all that big money. No, let's this is this is worse than Ghost Box at 600.
0: I agree. I agree. I'm just looking down the list. Is this better or worse than Curse of the Mutants at 613?
1: It's worse than Curse of the Mutants because Curse of the Mutants is dumb with better art. And I actually, I I don't think Curse of the Mutants knows it's dumb. Mm-hmm. Where I think they know it's that World War Wendigo knows it's dumb and tries to be like, look how dumb it is. And Curse of the Mutants does that beautiful Rocky Horror, or rock, I guess Rocky Horror, but I've never seen What was I thinking of? Uh, and a mystery science theater thing where the movie doesn't know how dumb it is and it turns it into amazing. And <laughs> that's somewhat how I feel about Curse of the Mutants. And if someone's going to say, tell me Curse of the Mutants knows that it's dumb, I'm just going to ask them, why did Victor Glesher keep doing that story after those six issues?
0: All right. So I'm going to suggest that if, if we're better than curse of the mutants, no, we're, we're below
1: curse of the mutants, curse we're of the mutants, below wins. curse of the mutants. In okay. my mind, it, it's this, your podcast too. If you think, if you think that this is better than Scott no, no, Summers, going reassembling down. a Dracula, bringing him back to life and telling him, I just want you to follow your heart.
0: Yeah. That's pretty great.
1: I mean, I think about curse of the mutants. I don't think about world war Wendigo.
0: Yeah. I liked curse of the mutants. Um, those that first arc so much better
1: paco medina art was way better
0: you have selected marvel holiday special 2007
1: no selected is a strong word i clicked
0: you accidentally so that
1: i i mean i accidentally selected i just clicked because i click on excel all day it's how i get paid i uh this is how do you feel about this compared to weapon x-force that's a 639 and i feel like they're weapon x-force is better i kind of think so too
0: yeah Uh, but i i think this might be better than x-men versus the brood at 640
1: let's put it right there then
0: all right perfect so this is going to be our new 640 world war wendigo and as promised earlier in the episode we are going to go back to wolverine's first appearance in incredible hulk 180 and 181 written by len wine and drawn by herb trimpey and uh boy man this incredible Hulk guy he just doesn't know who his friends are you know that's all this story is he just wants a friend can't find him. he wants a fr-
1: you say he wants a friend i think he wants to tangle with someone and if you freaks want to tangle with someone why don't try your luck against the wolverine <laughs> how okay we got to talk about this how did wolverine get over how because He's not a good character in this comic, and his costume is truly atrocious.
0: I'll tell you how Len Wein and giant size X Men—that's the answer, right there.
1: And the fact—the fact that Dave Cockrum accidentally shaded his cow differently on the cover of that, and they were like, "Wait, no, that's better."
0: They're like, wow, that get, that, cool. get that, yeah. get that,
1: get that Romita guy out of here. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> John John Romita did the costume, uh, and. Lots of love to Jazzy John. Lots of love, but this one—the costume is honestly pretty good from the head down. It just needed a. It needed a second pass on the cow. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, um, for people who have not read uh, this arc, um, yes, the second issue, which is the first appearance of Wolverine, which has been reprinted many times, involves mm. a Wolverine. Uh, fighting off the Wendigo and fighting the Hulk. But what people may not realize is that the reason there is this, uh, you know, conflict is also involving a mystical curse involving a self-trained mystic who is trying to transform this Wendigo back into his human form so that she can make another person. Oh, she wants to make the Hulk, the Wendigo. Which would have been she, very because she
1: know it's it's her brother. So Marie Cartier, or Cartier, she mm-hmm. is a self trained mystic. And I've got to tell you, white people, listen to me. <laughs> don't try and learn indigenous Canadian magic. Oh boy, we're not going to do it good. Like, don't. I don't.
0: I don't know. Don't She's best with curses. Skills. She's got some skills. She's able to summon the Hulk. She's able to convince the Hulk that that. She's their she's the Hulk's friend. And I'm not gonna I'm not does, gonna
1: appropriate Wendigo Magic. I'm not no, doing that. I no. know better.
0: What's what's great is that the reason that um her her like boyfriend or husband or whatever it is is the Wendigo. It's her brother.
1: Paul is her oh, brother. Oh, it's her brother.
0: Yeah. It got caught in um like a storm and like resorted to cannibalism as part of this and like blames yeah, he, he did her.
1: eat somebody.
0: Yeah, he like ate somebody. He blame and she blames the friend who got them on this camping the hiking trip to begin with and wants to make uh the Hulk the Wendigo. Um, but ultimately, by the end of the story, it's the friend who becomes the new Wendigo.
1: It's George Baptiste who they fought in that first story.
0: Exactly, that's I, the guy I was talking
1: about. So I, I get it. It's a tragic, like EC horror. I mean, I say EC horror. It's bad EC horror. It's like Twilight Zoney, like oh look at look at my ironic fate thing that happens. But what really happens is one of these guys ate a dude, <laughs> right? And his sister's really upset about him. And I feel like we need to put some personal responsibility on the man who ate a dude.
0: Instead of the guy who took him out on hiking trip, right? But we don't know if
1: Paul ate anybody. Paul, no, Paul, Paul did eat eat, eat that guy on Canadian soil because he turned into a Wendigo. That's how Wendigos work in Marvel Comics.
0: But the friend, the friend didn't. Oh,
1: George. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know if George is George's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did a cannibalism. It can be assumed that as a Wendigo, I mean he was attempting a cannibalism, which is better, but not <laughs> attempted, good.
0: Attempted cannibalism.
1: Attempted cannibalism, <laughs> title of the episode, by the way, is not <laughs> appropriate behavior in the workplace or in the wilderness.
0: Now we we gotta talk about the Wendigo here for a second because you just said like I can't believe Wolverine got over. I mean, the Wendigo looks like a huge dorkus here like okay herb, but, herb but, but in this but. Like, like comically large nose he just looks like a big old dork when he's fighting the whole I mean listen I say to John burn for making him look kind of terrifying when he brings him back because like he does not look scary here
1: John Byrne also gives him that giant nose which I think is funny if you look if you look at the burn stuff af- right with this burn also gives him a honker uh but the thing about herb trimimppy and again I say this, a legend in the field. Herb just kind of drew people who looked like that. That's just yeah. he just gave his Wendigo a regular herb
0: face. Yeah. What I love about 181 is that the Hulk again is looking for like some sort of friendship and companionship and is like all he wants oh, is a friend. He's like Wolverine, he's beating up that that white furred monster. He must be my pal. And then he's shocked. Just plain shocked when wolverine is like oh i'm gonna beat up the hulk now and it's like oh man i thought you were my man like what happened
1: what hulk's line which is great says yes little man is hulk's friend so hulk (laughs) will help little
0: man fight hulk's enemy hulk has come little friend to help you beat wendigo and then later, when Hulk betrays him, he says, puny little man, Hulk thought you were Hulk's friend. Hulk trusted you, but you betrayed Hulk, attacked Hulk, just like all the other puny humans Hulk has known. He's always about the puny humans.
1: Listen, I know that like Hulk is a hell demon now and like, sure. was a spaceship recently and green doors and weird Appalachian monsters that... Listen, I'm not a big PKJ guy. Philip Kennedy Johnson's not my favorite. I kind of dig his Hulk. I don't know if it it it's it's not smart like the Al Ewing Hulk, but it is running on some like dirty Southern horror vibes, and I can like dig that a bit.
0: I uh, do enjoy the fact that this does start the Hulk Wolverine rivalry because Hulk does win the fight by knocking Wolverine out. Just pretty great.
1: I mean, it's Hulk's book. This is this is the book yeah. called Incredible Hulk. Yeah, I mean, it'd really be weird really if this guy it. just shows up immediately has Hulk put him over, and then yeah. then he's like, "Okay, I'll see you in a couple of years, bub."
0: <laughs> yeah, I I'll, I'll be, be honest. This I is fun.
1: Hold, I I want to go back to something you just said. Sorry, I just saw a panel of the Wenzigos' giant nose. <laughs> it's,
0: so it's so big. It's comically large, like. It's it, really weird.
1: It's just like a, it's like a bulbous nose. It's a yeah. wild one. Yep. Anyway, I want to go back to something. Do you like the Hulk-Wolverine wa- rivalry? Because I kind of don't.
0: Oh, I think it's fun. I like that they just don't like each other. You know what I mean? And like every once in a while, it's just like the thing in the Hulk. And like, you know, they're just two guys that need to beat each other up every once in a while. That's fine. I think Marvel Comics is great for that.
1: I would prefer it if they were definitely always just like screw that guy yeah not like oh but then we're gonna team up and we're gonna always reference this one comic like what here's what i want i want a thing where bruce banner's in the lab and someone mentions weapon x and bruce banner goes on a tear he's like oh screw that guy he sucks i <laughs> legitimately do not enjoy that man's company <laughs> we've been on avengers together that guy not my favorite
0: oh man like,
1: if that came up or if Hulk was like, yeah, what a puny, or Wolverine's like, yeah, what a puny crybaby. Can't say that guy, oh, look at me. I'm so strong. Forget about it. Try having your wife die and go to hell several times, which I do believe has happened to Bruce Banner.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, you get that a little bit in Simonson's new Fantastic Four, where they just can't stand each other, and it's pretty great. Oh, can I tell you a
1: secret? I've
0: never actually read that. I bet I like it. It's It's got Ghost Rider. It's got Wolverine. Hey, if it's anybody Peter wants David to David Hall, but we've never done that on the show, right? We've
1: not Listen, if someone wants to recommend that we do the new Fantastic Four, is it an X-Men story. comic? I don't know. I'll figure it out. Uh, I mean well, could be. Wolverine. Here's folks, if you ever want to know what it what a uh X-Men story is, it's the same rule that I used back in the day on Xavier Files. If I think that I want to talk about it.
0: And it counts
1: yes (laughs) when when someone's like oh you should do a profile on the griffin i say no that's Mm. not an x-men character because i don't want to do that no one suggests the griffin based episodes and if you do i'll return your five dollars i won't question it do recommend a new fantastic four episode oh i'll
0: do that that'll count one of my favorite stories of all time. Now, can we not do
1: any sequel? No, wait, we'll fe- I take that back. We'll find we'll find appropriate sequels. I in fact, back- no. if someone gives us a new Fantastic Four episode, I already know everything we'll fill it with. Amazing. It's done. It's already Great. set in stone. Adam, is
0: this do the you have know worst-
1: any? This
0: is, this is better than World War Wendigo, though, right? It's better than World
1: War Wendigo. Because it's this is bad in the way that every Marvel comic in 1974 was bad. And yeah, I say it, that not knowing not every comic. Marvel comic that came out in 1974, but like, yeah,
0: I still enjoyed. They the don't writing,
1: sound though. good. I didn't hate it. It's a little long. It's a little Len Weinherb Herb just not doing it for me in general. I actually did just look at every comic they came out with in November of 1974. Mm-hmm. Marvel has had better. Uh, better years let's just
0: i think we're in the 600s um is this better or worse than judgment war at 619 i think you probably got to give it to to judgment war right
1: you know what if you want to give it to judgment war that's great hey i'm sorry i just pulled up the spider-man cover from this month Mm -hmm. uh by gil kane you want to talk about weird noses? It's Spider Amazing Spider Man 138. Adam, please click on this link. Okay, here we
0: Look go. At this
1: guy's weird nose. What's with weird noses in November of 1974? Oh, wow. Who's this covered.
0: weirdo? Yeah, he's got the gerbil nose.
1: Oh, it's about a uh, famous mind- Spider Man villain Mindworm. Yeah, it's the Mindworm. Oh, yeah. It's a great Five
0: note. total
1: appearances of the Mindworm.
0: Surprised there's more than one. Um, um, it was a Spider-Man
1: thing created in the like first 200 issues of Amazing Spider-Man. They keep bringing that get, that stuff back.
0: Is this better than King Hyperion arc of Exiles? No.
1: Wait, no, it's not. Sorry, <laughs> I had to think because the King Hyperion arc is the one where King Hyperion takes over the other squad of Exiles. It's not the arc where Beak becomes friends with other King Hyperion, other to take out King Hyperion, which is a good story actually.
0: I'd say we're on par with 625 which is Cyclops Retribution from Marvel Comics Presents.
1: They're going to tar and feather us for saying this, but I don't care that this comic is important. It's not very good.
0: Well, it's just okay, you know. It's it's you know, it's of its time.
1: I I think Cyclops Retribution is probably worse on a pure craft level.
0: All right. So, is this better than the Christmas issue of X-Men Volume 2 109? I think, that, I think all right i think this is better than that but Which not as 109 good.
1: 109 okay 109 is the white cover one yes. that starts extreme okay sorry because chris claremont does two weird one-off fill-in christmas issues in yeah. the early
0: 2000s i think this is better than that but not as good as what if volume 246 to 47 which is both the X Men stuff.
1: Yeah, that's when Cable Kill the X Men and Maggio takes over the USA. Yes. That's fine. This can be our new six twenty four. Great.
0: See, we didn't we didn't end up talking about that much Alpha Flight in the second two thirds. We talked about more Adam
1: Adam, this episode is probably gonna run over an hour and we spent a third of it talking about Alpha Flight.
0: Too much too much it's
1: weird hey is it weird that they dropped the weapon x code name for him like immediately like yeah, right as the story in this story
0: and that's cool story. one yeah it's cool in
1: yeah, the cool one they're like oh weapon x is coming and it's like what that and it's disappointing <laughs> especially if you know what weapon x is you're like because and you obviously didn't before this but like going back now you're like this is how we're introducing wolverine the man who's gonna be the co-star of the third Deadpool
0: movie hey. Dude, the one that's
1: going to introduce Deadpool to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right,
0: stop. We're not talking about that right now. Uh, not yet,
1: but we're going to thank- do a whole episode about it.
0: Let's you know Robert. we will. Let's thank Robert.
1: Robert, thank you for making us talk about Alpha Flight for so long.
0: Oh, if you want to be man, like Robert,
1: was- Robert knows.
0: Yeah, folks. Patreon
1: and yeah, folks. We got we got some fun stuff coming up. Adam, what do you got coming up?
0: A lot of stuff going on at comics XF. We did have a technical difficulty, so hopefully that got fixed by the time this episode comes out. But did the site uh, break? Yeah. The site site broke uh, recently. So I'm so glad I don't
1: fix the site anymore. It's okay. Love the site. Love to love to Dan. Yeah, I
0: see. Dan Groot is on the case. Um, we did a really fun little thing about the X Men '97 trailer, and then I uh, tackled the last issue of um, Fall of the House of X, and kind of nice discourse about that. You can always follow me on Twitter and Blue Sky, or excuse me, uh, Blue Sky and Instagram at Adam Rec, at Arthur Stacey on Twitter, and Zach. What are we talking about next week? Uh, looks like we're talking about Lila Chamey. That's right. Yeah, we have a Lila Cheney slash Guido episode. Should be interesting. Man, you know
1: what? If we would have thought about this, we would have tied in the Lila Cheney story that was portrayed in the recent movie, The Marvels. But we didn't do that.
0: Well, we could still do that. If That's what you want. to do. I don't want
1: to do that. Honestly, it'll make us both upset because here's the thing. It's a, it's a thing that's done all in song and rhyme in a comic and lots of love to Kelly Sue DeConnick but she did just as well as everyone else who's ever attempted that. Oh, you know what? We'll, we'll save that for an episode where we get mad at every time someone's tried to do something in a comic in meter, metered yeah. verse and be it like, never y'all works. are so bad at this. Yeah. Never have they done it. Good. It's
0: shocking. Nope. Don't do it. But our next episode will not be in meter and verse.
1: Remember what Matt fraction tried to do an entire series in uh, metered verse. Uh, but it was in whatever the Iliad is written in, and that's not something that really works in English.
0: That sounds terrible. No, I don't remember that.
1: It's. Uh, I'm sorry. It's it, not the Iliad. It's Odyssey. I don't actually know if Odyssey and the Iliad were written in the same uh, meter because I haven't read Homer's stuff. It has Christian Ward art. It looks great, and I keep wanting to try and get into it, uh, but I cannot get past the first issue of Math Fraction's gender-swapped Odyssey. With beautiful Christian Ward sci-fi art. I am really going after the Fraction Daconic Household in the last minute of this episode. For no reason, I am so sorry, you milk fred criminal masterminds. They will not be brought up next episode. But until then, this has been Battle of the Out and we hope you survived the experience. Get it!